Dan's Driving Double Feature presents A Spooky Minute Spent in a Ghost House, Episode 48. A minute-by-minute itch podcast, not really anymore, covering spookies and ghost house. Except, this time, we're doing a switcheroo. Ghost house is coming first, then spookies. Why? Spookies ends in this episode. This episode, we're doing ten minutes at a time now to get to the end, because it's a little more exciting that way with these movies. We're doing 81 to 90 of Spookies and Ghost House. Now, Ghost House is approximately, looking at it here, 94 minutes, 39 seconds on the uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray double feature with Witchery. La Casa 4. But Spookies is 85 minutes and change. So Spookies will be finishing up in this one, and we'll we'll do that last. So we'll cover the uh, 81st through 90th minutes of Ghost House right now. Let me. I'm not going to play it or something. I'm just going to have a sip of water. And then I'll be back to talk about these 10 minutes of Ghost House. Here we go. I think we're pretty much getting to the end right here. Although this could be one of those Happy Hell Night style movies that um, plays with the rules a bit. Because um, Martha doesn't do much in this, but say she saw death and her eyes are kind of red. And look a little bloody, actually. And Paul carries her to the car, and she's in the car. And then Paul hears uh, Susan crying on the CB, so he grabs a gas can, goes in, and sets the little girl and her clown doll on fire. I do love the sort of mausoleum where her um, casket is. I, I think, I mean, it must go, because when they walk in the mausoleum, it's in the side of a hill, so it, it doesn't look like it's going to be more than like, I don't know, maybe six feet high or something, but when he stands there at the end of these ten minutes looking at the coffin with fire coming out of it like the cave behind him he's let's say he's 5'10 5'11 6 foot something like that the cave behind him goes up at least another two or three feet and you can see down a hallway there's like a cave hallway that goes off to the left and right with another coffin at the end this is like a series of caves how would that work even because you can see on that the space where they're under right now, there are graves on top there. How how do the how does the geography of this? Of course, the geography of this doesn't work, because they either that was either some sort of mausoleum that was in that cemetery, or they put those doors there um, on the side of that little hill uh, to be used. So there and the space where he's standing, like the inside of the house, is is in Italy, whereas the exteriors are obviously in somewhere in New England somewhere in probably Massachusetts something like that but it is kind of odd how it's this when when Martha steps in it seems like a small cramped place but now that he's setting the the in, the, the body on, of the little girl and the, and the clown on fire it seems like this huge cavernous space sort of like the space um, in the gates of hell you know City of the Living Dead when they go underground and that there's this huge series of caves and monsters and all sorts of things um yeah, and I guess that's in New England too. So maybe that's just maybe that's the thing Italians think is that like underneath the ground in cemeteries in New England states, there are just caves that go on forever with coffins and things in them. I don't know. It's fun regardless. And it's interesting too. We bet I realize we've been we haven't been in the house much, have we? Like the past half hour or so. Because when I forgot his name now, because Tina's still in half, and the the guy who gets uh, um, hit in the arm, I'm. I'm going to call him Bob because I forget his name. But, you know, Bob the red-haired guy. Uh, he goes in there and he's investigating and he finds Tina cut in half and he sees the little girl and the doll and they're like in a triangle or a sort of of um, 
candles and they light up and then he runs away. It's 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 actually it's actually I like the way he I like the way Tina goes getting cut in half there and I like the way um this uh, I'm, who I'm calling Bob goes where he um he drops through the floor into the basement although I I think he's in he's meant to be he's meant to be in the basement I think although I thought he was on like the second floor or something but I guess it, it doesn't really matter but he drops through the floor and now he's at where well, I guess he's he must be in the basement and the basement floor breaks and he drops into like like very um white and it looks like um it looks like it looks like imagine like a like a New England clam chowder but with skulls floating in it instead of bits of clam and potatoes that's kind of what it looks like and it's an acid and it burns it actually doesn't seem to burn him that bad and actually when he right before susan stabs him not not seeing that oh this guy with the jean jacket and the the stonewashed jeans who's covered with this white liquid um must be who's hunched over and looks like he's in pain must be one of these crazy monsters so i'll stab it to death oh yeah great she hasn't actually seen anything that at, at that point, really, right? I mean, um, she's just kind of... Has she seen Tina? No, she's just seen... No, no, she... No, has she seen Pedro, though? Maybe she's seen Pedro, because Pedro is found dead in a cupboard, which is too bad for Pedro, because I don't think we saw him die, right? What was the point? I don't know. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, Bob there... Yeah, I love that, where he, he drops through the floor, lands on another floor, and that floor kind of caves in and suddenly he's swimming in what I'm guessing is acid although it doesn't really dissolve that much and he um at one point you see him spitting it out so it's like oh that must be rough and I, I, I'm interested because like when he stumbles he goes up the basement steps and he stumbles out of the basement and somehow Susan has found some hedge clipper somewhere and just stabs him in the in the back over and over again until he's dead until she, she figured out who he is and then she starts screaming and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, um, I don't know. The The thing is that he, he walks by her and she's looking at him and she goes up behind him and stabs him in the back. And I'm looking at him and I'm clearly seeing, like, it's a guy in a jean jacket. He's got the, this isn't, this isn't a monster. Take a minute. Let him, let him pass you by. Why do you have to stab him? I guess maybe she's going a little crazy or something. But, um, but still, I think it's, it's obviously it's ridiculous. It's ghost house. Of course it's ridiculous. But she stabs him and she, she kills him. I do, I do wonder though, like, would he have survived? Like if he could have got to a hose or something and washed all that off him, would he have just had like bad burns or, or, or would he have been okay? Maybe it wasn't, maybe you needed to really soak in it for it to dissolve you maybe now that he was out of it he was okay i'm just wondering if it was irreparable or not like if because he fell in that that meant he was dead anyway or i mean i'm guessing because they have him her stab him he wasn't he would have been okay because why bother why bother having him crawl out of there and, and, and you know move around and stuff and you know just have him dissolve you know like the um wasn't slaughter high when the gal takes the bath in the tub um, and, you know, with the acid and her whole body dissolves just into a mess inside the bathtub, you know, like she ain't going anywhere, you know, but maybe if she crawled out and moved a bit. She could have been helped, but because he's not really dissolving when he's walking. He just looks kind of in a bad way and he's covered with this, all this white schmutz and everything. So, and it's like, I guess the weird thing too, did you notice the fact that I said you can see his jean jacket and his jeans means that whatever it is didn't like burn through his pants and stuff and anything. I wonder, 
I'm wondering what it is he fell into. I mean, it's clearly an irritant, but he actually, the, the fact that you could still see his hair and his face and his hands and his clothes haven't been affected, they're just all white and foamy and, and goopy. I'm guessing he would have been okay. Um, maybe it was a trick by the ghost to get people to get all goopy and maybe it's an irritant and they make noises and then other people stab them. I don't I don't know what happens. But but the more I think about it, the less I think it is like an acid or anything. And, um, and Bob got a raw deal. Well, Su- Susan's the one who kind of stumbles around here and um, she's the one who, who... We see the dog again. Remember the dog? We haven't seen the dog in a while. Oh, you know what? You know what confuses... Okay, I'll tell you what confuses me about Bob. I just realized it. Bob goes up the spiral staircase and sees doesn't he he goes up the spiral staircase and sees um well i'll check i'll tell you next time if whether i'm wrong. but bob goes up the spiral staircase which leads up to the attic and then he drops through that roof and suddenly i think he's in the basement maybe it's a crazy ghosty thing i don't know but it does it doesn't seem to make sense to me that he's in the basement but he kind of seems to be in the basement right when he crawls out of the pit there and that would make sense right because I, I remember always thinking the first time that happened thinking where is that pit of stuff because if that pit of stuff is enough to capture a human in it then it can't be in between the floors can it it must be in the basement because <clears throat> you can't have a pit of acid in between like the second third story of your house can you like in the in the in between the ceiling and the floor can you maybe you can i don't know this is new england i've been in new england in a while so who knows who knows what they get up to you know how big their mausoleums are right huge caves and everything so i don't know but uh yeah poor bob is dead killed by susan and then yeah paul sets the little girl's body on fire which makes her disappear in a doll and makes death oh yeah death shows up martha says she saw death and death actually shows up with the skull face in the robe covered in maggots face covered in maggots now the face is a mask obviously the face is just covered in maggots with a knife about to attack susan and then it all vanishes and when the, the the 10 minutes end susan's kind of on the ground next to a dresser in that room and there's like thunder you hear thunder Outside, you see lightning flash, and you're wondering what's going to happen next. But then it, it ends with um, Paul watching the body being burned. So, presumably, as soon as the body is burned, we're all safe, and there'll be no more supernatural worries from the ghost house ever again because it came from the clown, right? And the clown possessing the little girl. So, if the clown and the little girl are destroyed, I think we're okay, right? I don't know, but but that's that's the next 10 minutes of that. Poor Pedro, though, huh? We just she opens a door, and there he is. And he's dead. He's got a wound on the top of his head, and he's dead. How how did he die? How did he die? I mean, you know, one guy gets hit with a flying fan blade. Um, someone gets gets chopped in half. Someone falls in a vat of what may or may not be. I remember him getting gooier when he felt like like scra- like running his fingers down his face and just like blood everywhere. I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking of something else, but um. Yeah, poor Pedro. I'm going to go on to Spookies. Spookies, um, so we, we're in the last five minutes and, and change of Spookies here. Uh, and when we left it, Isabella, the bride of Creon, was in the car. And a guy came up and said, what are you doing in my car, lady? And and looks like they're going to take off. And um, there are about like 50 zombies chasing her. So let me, uh, let me sit back with you for about five seconds and I'll be uh, talking Spookies. Well, pretty much four minutes of this five minutes and 
about eight seconds are credits and I'm not gonna read the credits because there are a lot of them because there were two different groups of people going here uh, but the the minute and like 20 seconds of, of actual picture we have is just the guy drives away with this bell in the car the zombies are there moving very slowly you see the pulsating grave again and then turns out it's the cat man and and she screams and then creon leaps out of the pulsating grave and we get a freeze frame on his face and uh then the credits roll and um as i think all that stuff was added by the second group of filmmakers i really don't know how the original was supposed to end um i i mean that i i think i think to me um all all that's saying is that she can't get out i think i think i mentioned it in the last one that i get the feeling that creon and isabella and the Catman. well sometimes the Catman and the little kid can move in and out between the different realms but i think like the the people who were the actual humans who were in the house are in sort of a different reality than the others that that's how come as i said last time it looked like a like like Isabella like seems to climb out of a second story window of the house and you think well why why did no one see her why was um well why didn't they go in the room where she was or why didn't she see anyone because they're on different planes of reality existing like in from beyond sort of thing and and so and I think what happens is she she thinks she's she stabs Creon she thinks she's escaped but she's still in his plane of reality so when she tries to get out there's no way she's getting out and he's still alive because you can't kill him where he's the master of the realm and so that last what five minutes of, of chasing around with zombies or whatever the heck that is um is uh, is is fun but irrelevant it's just him playing with her him making her scared and then you know the cat man and the zombies are going to bring her right back to where she was maybe she'll maybe she'll be put back in the car maybe he's maybe she this has happened before maybe this has happened over and over and over again she tries to escape he catches her puts her back in the coffin puts her back in the coma state or whatever it is where she stays for a while and then he eventually gets more souls to bring her back or maybe i don't know because at the end of it all the humans are dead and all these other realm things are alive and well and i think i think yeah, to me, it's almost like they're, they're they're going through a Creon and Isabel are going through a cycle helped out by Catman and the um, and the little kid, um, and they're just yeah, just going through a cycle where she she she's brought back to life and she tries to escape, and it fails because she can't escape from his reality and she can't defeat him, so he puts her back in a coma or whatever, and then he gets to have fun killing a bunch of human beings in this other realm using the power he gets from them to to bring her back to life hoping maybe things will change but they never do although maybe maybe it's one of those things where like this has been going on for maybe a hundred years and every couple years he brings her back to life or something maybe it changes slightly each time or something i don't know there's never been a spookies two or more spookies or a spooky you know or something like that so so we don't we don't spookies two even more spookies spookies two a lot more spooky spookies too sp spooky spookies too spooky um but we don't really get that here so and like like i said it's of this five minutes and nine seconds um uh almost four minutes of it are credits and there are a lot of credits like i said a lot of people we've we've gone over in the past that you can watch on the blu-ray the, the bonus feature disc on the blu-ray has a very lengthy 
story behind how this is made, and we talked about that many times before. I think the film's a lot of fun. It holds up held up pretty well as a minute by minute thing, but in the end, I would have I would have done five to ten minutes at a time there just to get more of an oomph from it. But there's plenty of stuff going on, and the jumping from different film style to different film style is fun, and you can't really. I mean, unless I think unless someone told you how the film was made and why this is like this and this is like this. I, I think you may have noticed something was odd, but I don't think you would have noticed like to the point where you're like, are these two separate films that they mashed up together? Uh like like sort of like Igor and the Lunatics. I don't I don't really think you'd notice that like the violent scenes and the gore scenes and things that Igor and the Lunatics were shot by different guys. Actually people I think who were involved with spookies, right? Um, the guys who were involved with Spookies, I, they, they, you know, because Igor and the Lunatics has that, you know, violent scenes directed by, and I, isn't it the Spookies guys? But, but you, you wouldn't really know in, in Igor and the Lunatics unless someone said to you, and, um, and yeah, and Spook, Spookies, like, like I've said before, you don't, I mean, the thing, the, the, the only, the only thing that might make a difference is that when you see Creon and you see Isabella and the Catman and da 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 and the zombies, there are no sort of big latex rubbery monsters. But when you're with the people, there are all sorts of weird monsters and things like that. So that's kind of the only, the only difference. But then those monsters are sort of on this, the, they're on sort of the different planes of reality, as I said. So maybe. Maybe it doesn't matter, but but I but I'd love to know. Like like I said, when I first saw it, and I saw that there were three directors. I think I had recently seen Slaughter High, and I was familiar with Zucker Abrams Zucker films. So three directors wasn't unknown, but it was odd because usually you just had one, and so having three was like I I couldn't really tell from looking at it what what that meant. Why why there were three people doing it? Now you know two of them and then one. And altogether, they made this thing. So I don't, like I said, I don't remember watching it originally and thinking anything weird. I, I, well, I thought it was a weird movie. I thought it was an odd movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I did also sort of think that Creon, Isabel, and all the all that stuff was sort of in another space, kind of. Um, like in, Almost like they were dead and they were ghosts, kind of, of coming through and bothering the, the humans kind of thing. So, so yeah, I... I'm, it's fun to know the story behind it. You don't need to know the story behind it to watch it. I'd say just watch it and have a good time. And we're going to leave. We're going to leave Spookies there. We've got one more episode of this podcast left. If you if you're listening, if you if you're doing all three that we're doing right now, you have you are either about to listen to, or you've listened to one, haven't listened to the other, or you have listened to the last episode of Seventies Friends of Frankenstein and the last episode of Howling Two and Seven Two. Well, we got one more spooky minute spent in a ghost house, and this actually works with the title. Because, you know, the title Spooky Minutes Spent at Ghost House is meant to reference Spookies and Ghost House. But this will actually be just Ghost House in this next one. So join me for that. Let's say goodbye to Spookies. (laughs) 